Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And we begin our number two here at Sports Daily with a little Chiefs talk. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, back with you. Dan Israel joining us here. Dan, uh, well, this is a, a different feel than it's been for a few weeks. Not perfect, but pretty dang good. Kind of what we needed to see out of the Chiefs, I thought, on Sunday. What'd you think? Yeah, I didn't think the execution was perfect, but certainly more uh, appropriate. It's, they seem to eliminate penalties in the most timely or untimely moments, so that helps a little. And, you know, it always helps to play a team that you're, you know, clearly better uh, than in talent, in my opinion. I don't know if you could argue that the coaching is better or not, but you could certainly argue there's there's more talent on the Chiefs team than the uh, New England Patriots. So I thought it was a good outing. I thought the uh, Chiefs did what they needed to do, which was, you know, win. And uh, they they – I think there are still – Great areas of concern. Kadarius Tony certainly. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, there was a, a moment where uh, Mahomes decided to throw to McKinnon outside the end zone when MVS was open inside the end zone, wide open inside the end zone. Don't know if he saw him or not, but if that was a conscious decision, I think that tells you a lot. But uh, all in all, I thought it was largely a good outing. I think it brings up a really good question that we discussed yesterday. I know a lot of people are talking about do you think, Dan, that the Chiefs have to have Tony or MVS on the field at all moving forward? Can they run their playbook without those two guys on the field, or do they have to have them in some capacity? Well, it's interesting. You know, MVS certainly possesses the speed and, and size differential that you want out there as a threat. But, you know, guys, i, I got to be honest. If I'm a team, play game planning against – the Chiefs, I'm not that worried about either of those guys. They don't produce. You know, even if they get targeted, if it's not effective, you double and triple team the guy who is, which is 87. And and so, uh, you know, to me, I would say it's time. There's no way Tom Brady would have lasted all season without yelling at a receiver for the things that are going on between those two. And at some point, Mahomes is going to have to 
not be the nice guy and say, I threw you the ball. Can you or can you not catch? Now, that's my take on it. Not inside that locker room. Not Don't want the locker room to descend into, you know, you know, a fractured state by any means, but I, I just feel like you know he's biting his lips when he's making perfect throws and he's coming out of those with interceptions when there shouldn't that shouldn't be. So uh, at the very least, the drops and, and the lack of forward progress that contribute to some of these three and outs and and, and or non third down conversions. I did appreciate on Sunday. I thought they did a much better job on third and long. So that was good to see. But to your point. I would set one or two of them to make a point uh, for a game or two and see what you got. You know, they'll get Justin Ross back this week. I don't know whether they'll activate him. Do you want a guy in there that maybe doesn't know, uh, you know, hasn't been in the groove, so to speak? Why not? Why why not try it? I mean, the Raiders shouldn't present that big of a problem for us. So I'd like to see it personally. Yeah, it'd be – it's interesting. You said Mahomes does a good job of biting his lip. He didn't as much on that drop turned into interception by Tony. Andy Reid talked yesterday, and somebody asked if it's, you know, does it, is it hard or do they plan to keep giving him chances? And Reid was not as jovial. And not that he's jovial about it, but it was pretty much like he knows he's got to make those catches. Uh, he's a good kid. I'll leave it at that. So I, I get the impression that, you know, while everyone had his back on the penalty and Travis Kelsey waxed poetic on his podcast about him, and then it happens again, it, I, I I do think that, you know, you can feel a sense of them sort of being done with it. And and I do think, you know, it, it, yes, so yesterday became the question, can they operate what they need to do basically just using Rashi Rice, uh, Travis Kelsey, and the running backs I, I couldn't think of another NFL team that only has, you know, like three options like that. Most have at least four. San Francisco, who's way top-heavy, has four. So we couldn't think of an example. But, it like, can, can they be okay if it's if it's Ross and he doesn't do much? Like, are they able to filter through three? I mean, they why else do they have to keep going back to these guys that continue to make mistakes? Yeah, I'd really rather see them get into a groove with a guy like Watson, you know, get him out there and get him the target. I think one of the things, you know, that we know with football players is when you're coming in and out, and Damon Hughes has spoken to this a lot, for a guy who played six years in the league as wide receiver and a special teamer, I think it's a valid point. When you're checking at the sideline after every play, whether or not you stay in or go out, you kind of get in it. You can't get in a groove, and I'd like to see them use fewer guys and get those guys in the groove. And I also think, is there certainly with the creativity, Randy Andy Reid, he could create an offensive plan that doesn't require these these guys to be out there. And so my question then kind of falls to to is there a workplace out there where a guy doesn't do his job and just is kept in that role that is there a workplace out there that succeeds or that progresses when bad behavior or in this case, lack of performance aren't somehow held accountable. And I just, I feel like, you know, I I harken back to the Todd Haley eras when he sat Derek Johnson and Derek Johnson told me it was the best thing that ever happened to him, taught him to play football better taught him to understand the game better. He had time to think about things about, you know, where before he was trying to figure out the game plan for the week, 
So sitting, knowing he wasn't going to play, gave him time to work on his game. And when Derek Johnson came back from that sit-down, we all remember that. We all thought Todd Haley was crazy. And when he came back from that, he was a better football player. And so, to me, at some point, how are you holding these guys accountable? Look, I don't want to suggest it's not being done behind the scenes because it's very likely that's more Reed style. But ultimately, these guys, play, these guys live for being out there on Sunday. Take away the, the one or two. You can't take away his game check. So take away the other thing that's most important to him, which is playing time. Make him inactive. What does that tell other teams about MVS? What does that tell other teams that might be considering some of these guys? I just feel like that it's time. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, Dan, I mean, I think that if, you know, we're going to talk about the bad, and there clearly was bad, there was good, too. And, and clearly, Rishi Rice has emerged as the wide receiver one for this team, and, and we've seen it over the last four or five weeks. We know that he's also struggled with drops over the course of the season, but just the explosive ability, the way that he's running these routes and gaining the trust with Patrick Mahomes, it's been really interesting to watch his ascent at the same time that MVS and Kadarius Tony are struggling and Sky Moore even, you know, to that regard. And just the number of snaps that Rishi Rice is playing compared to those guys and how that's changed from the beginning of the season to now. What are you seeing in the way that Rice has grown into this role? Well, I think it directly correlates to his targets. The, the yeah. more he's out there and performs, the more he gets targeted. And, that, and that's why, to me, if you've got two guys that are being targeted that aren't elevating or aren't progressing, then let's move on and see what some of these other guys do. You know, I mean, I think we all judge people as to blue sky, you know, potential versus actual hitting that ceiling. And at some point when you recognize, okay, we've hit the ceiling, this is what these two individuals are right now, then let's slide those guys aside and see what we got out of the other guys. So for me, and you're right, Rashid's looked great. I mean, Watching him progress has been fun. He's starting to become that guy. We're talking about him as a legit number one now, and he's a rookie. I just feel like that's an outstanding situation to be in. But uh, the Sky Moore, the Kadarius Tony, the MVS thing, to me right now, those we need to put their growth on pause. That needs to be something that's dealt with in the off season. And let Justin Watson, let's see what Justin Ross is all about. Uh, let's figure out some of these things. If we've got any kind of candidates – for the uh, for the playoffs, and I think that's probably part of the hesitation. To be honest with you guys, you know, last year's probably unquestionably we are not progressing in the playoffs without a big catch from MVS. We are not maybe scoring without the Kadarius Tony in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know about that because we did it with Sky Moore too on the other side. But uh, I, I guess to I understand their hesitation. I feel like we're a little late. I would have loved to have done this a little early in December, but the schedule's been so grueling. Now that we've kind of got a lull on the schedule, isn't there a way we can maybe find a middle ground here? I'd like to think so. Let's talk about the defense for a second, Dan. More like what we are used to seeing from them. It was against the Patriots with Bailey Zappi. I get that. But, you know, as we look at the playoff landscape, which is creeping up pretty quickly here, it it, it does still feel like it's going to have to be the Chiefs have one of the top defenses in the league if they want to go try to repeat as a champ. Yeah, it was really good to see them get a turnover. I think, you know, anytime you can steal a possession from a team, uh, that's, that's, a, 
that's a significant accomplishment. And so for them to be able to, which frankly hasn't happened as much uh, these past few days, past month or so, uh, that was encouraging to see. I, I thought they were getting uh, good pressures. They still, there are still times when these blitz leave us wide open. I, I don't know if that's a just Bailey Zappi having a good moment or if that's, you know, just a, a scheme issue, but our defense is just so much fun to watch. And I feel like it's really, uh, when they're playing well, you're just never out of the game. At the end of that game with the Patriots, uh, Kadarius Tony has the, the interception. I'm going <laughs> to notice how I phrase that. <laughs> uh, he has the interception and I, I felt like, you know, this is going to be a 10 point game, man. This is, I don't know. This is tough. They went down and scored, and all of a sudden we're within two scores with a lot of time left on the fourth quarter clock, and then I remembered our defense. Our defense isn't going to allow that, not in one quarter, not the way they play in the second half, and that's just that's a lot of fun to be around, you know, especially after all these years of this uh, high-potent, uh, extremely powerful offense to be able to say, yeah, you're done scoring, guys. You, you know, you s- have a seat. I think it's fun, and I, I'm I'm so encouraged by that. I think it's going to be a tough decision next year because I think if you really want to go out and get a guy like, you know, I, I think the DeAndre Hopkins thing this year was tough to do because of the Chris Jones contract. I think it's going to be tough next year. They're going to have to make a decision there with Chris, and, and you know, who knows whether he'll have a change of heart or if it's still going to be about money, but you can't afford to pay the, the kind of salaries that we're playing to the top two, three players in, on our team without a hometown discount, not, not go out and get a guy who's going to make 14, 15, $16 million a year as a, as a wide receiver. Anyway, how'd you feel about the running back room on Sunday and, and knowing that Isaiah Pacheco looks like he'll be able to return this week, uh, knowing that Clyde Edwards, Lair had a pretty good game on Sunday against the Patriots. Of course, you know, Jarek McKinnon throws for a touchdown uh, in the game just knowing how versatile those two guys are and with the return of Pacheco, I mean, I feel like this may be the best place that the running back room has been in all season. Yeah, I would agree completely. I mean, I feel like, uh, I feel like Clyde over deserved in. I love having Pacheco out there. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's your number one guy. His energy, both on and off the field is incredible. But I was pleasantly surprised by CEH. I, I thought he played like the old Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought he maybe even running tougher than that. Uh, he was running uh, heavier. I think he's gained some weight, actually. But I, I felt like he had a great day. And it's a shame that the guy in front of him right now is Pacheco because he, he showed he can still start in this league. But this is one of the things I would really like to see. And I get, you know, I, I just talked about how guys got to get in a rhythm and a groove and you can't really do a running back by committee with three guys and get any of them in that. But one of the concerns I have about Pacheco is this shoulder, man. He isn't going to back off with the way he runs. And it's proving that his running style is beating that shoulder up. This is the same shoulder that was injured before. And I, I worry about his longevity with the way he runs. So hopefully they can somehow figure out a way to, to help Clyde Edwards-Hilaire spell that without still losing Pacheco as a starter because it's just so fun to watch him out there and, and to have him on the field for you know, any down. But uh, it is something else when you think about those three in the running back room and to have that much quality uh, in your running backs. I mean, teams struggle to find one 
and it feels like we have two and a half or three. So pretty impressive and, and definitely liked what he did in New England. Well, here's the solution to the wide receiver conundrum. Just light up, line up Jarek McKinnon out there. It's that yeah. time of year. Turn him <laughs> loose. Unlock him. Unleash him. You know, I know there's injury risk with him too, but let him let him fly. It's not a bad idea, Jacob. I don't have a problem with that at all, man. We know he can catch, right? And and, he, and you know you're kind of industry. I think part of the problem is speed downfield. You know to, that a lot of what these routes are, the top of the routes are timed to you know give. Mahomes yeah. a progression and all of that and and you know we we see running backs catching the flat all the time but that's a that's a really short route that's an outlet route and so you know could he do some of the the Wes Welker stuff I don't know I'd like to see him try because he's a pretty good athlete but uh, somebody needs to 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 rise up and, and be that guy that that you know the the quiet voice right now that isn't speaking needs to start shouting and you know they I, that's why I say just let's give some other people a try because. MVS and Tony and Sky really haven't done anything with it. I mean, they've been holding the, the key to the city for three months now, and nothing's really emerged. Schedule loosens up. You got the right. I agree. Now's the time. You got a chance here before you get to the postseason to see if somebody else can do it. All right. You got a Christmas Day game. Pretty unique here coming up against the Raiders. What do you guys have in store for us? Yeah, we're working on a couple of different things. I don't know what we're going to pull off. This is a noon kick for us, so – it's really difficult that that format just doesn't lend itself with an, a lot of extra time. We're trying to make it as special as we can. We've got messages from all the players for listeners, and we'll be playing those all day. But uh, uh, hoping some things pop here and see what we can have. It's going to be fun to be on Christmas Day, though, right? You know what I mean? Nothing better than sitting home at a holiday and watching real football, football that matters, and at least to me. I, I guess I'm not enough of a college fan. But I love this idea of us being on. I thought Saturday's games last week were a full slide that was fun going traveling out and getting to watch games all day long that mattered that meant something watching that broncos get beat always feels good and so i'm looking forward to playing on saturday and entertaining or on uh, christmas and entertaining everyone yeah i think it'll be fun and of course a, a chief's win would be a nice christmas gift for everybody or maybe mm-hmm. a wide receiver not dropping a pass uh, is that <laughs> too much to ask for santa like let's get that done all right dan we appreciate it uh happy holidays merry christmas and we'll talk again next week same to you guys i hope your uh your families your listeners everybody out there have a wonderful holiday all right there goes dan israel executive producer of the chiefs radio network uh always appreciate dan's insight there uh from the from the you know from the ground level boots on the ground if you will and we appreciate that if you missed any of it you can go back and listen for free on the odyssey app uh okay let's take a quick break we'll come back uh, Tommy and Jad have been discussing, and, and maybe we need to bring this out. We, we, we've we kind of given you our best Christmas movies, our favorite. What about the worst ones? What about the worst Christmas movies? I got to really think about this. I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. So I, I'm going to ponder this and, and try to find something here during the break. But we'll get into it next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here. Uh, all right, Tommy and Jad have been talking about worst 
Christmas movie. We brought up Home Alone and my son trying to, you know, booby trap me. Home Alone is my favorite. Home Alone and Home Alone 2, really. It's kind of a tie. I like them both. Those are my favorite Christmas movies. And that's what you hear a lot about is like everybody's favorite Christmas movies and there's so many good ones. We haven't really discussed. And I don't, I still, like I've been like scouring through during the break here of worst Christmas movie. Now you guys clearly have more opinions on this than I do because I, like I looked at a list. I don't think I've seen any of these movies. Like I haven't seen them. Like the ones that are listed as worst. You know, we watched that, one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, Jingle, Jingle All, the, all way. the Way. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty terrible. Um, I, I didn't like that really at all, but it was fine watching it with my kids. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently there's a, a Hulk Hogan Christmas called Santa with Santa muscles. with muscles. I remember that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of these. Uh, I I just don't know them jad's got one in mind that is a another former professional wrestler in a christmas movie that's right okay the the, the one i've selected is santa's sleigh s-l-a-y it is a christmas horror film and uh the tagline is he's he's keeping a list pray you're not on it uh the whole idea behind it is bill goldberg is santa who Uh (laughs) Is this a Goldberg movie? Okay. <laughs> yeah. He he's the son of the devil who lost a wager, and so for a thousand years he had to bring toys to all the good little boys and girls. But this is the year after the thousandth year is up, so now he can go back to killing people. And some mm. of the cast list is I mean, it's awful. Like Fran Drescher is in it and Chris Catan yeah. is in it. Like that just sounds like a terrible cast for a terrible <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, it I is. What, I don't know what your issue with the nanny is, but okay. Um, I, I look. I have. Wow, Jason says the Grinch with Jim Carrey. We just watched that on Sunday night. I I think that I think that movie's great. I think it's good. I like the. I Grinch. like that movie. I like the Grinch. I don't like that version. I I agree with Jason. Really, I'm not a big fan of that I version. It was, it's a little too it's little too over the top. I, I'm not a not a huge fan of that. I'll tell you my vote though for. Worst Christmas movie, and I'm sure it might it might have been on the list that you looked at. Christmas with the Cranks, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's on there, but I didn't see it. It is, and and I hate the, that movie so much. Why is Tim Allen in another Christmas movie well, besides yeah. the Santa Claus? That's, a great That's not point. okay. That's a great point. I hate that movie so much, and the reason for that, I mean, the basic plot, if you haven't seen it, is that they're a couple, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Their daughter goes off, moves away. They're empty nesters. All they want to do is just go away for the holiday. They want to take a tropical vacation. They want to leave it all behind. And their entire neighborhood guilts them into staying home and putting on a big Christmas celebration. And it makes me angry. I'm like, let these people do what they want to do. If they want to go and be on a tropical beach on Christmas, let them do it. Dan Aykroyd plays like the leader of the neighborhood and he like constantly guilts them into putting up Christmas lights and all these different things. And it's like, let leave them alone. They want to go to Hawaii for Christmas or wherever it is. Let them go and do it. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen hardly any of these. I, you know what an underrated Christmas movie is? And I saw it because apparently Bad Santa 2 was a bad Christmas movie like according to Santa. these lists that I found. I like Bad but Santa. But Bad a lot. Santa one yeah. was really, really good. good. Yeah. 
it's 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 good stuff. Uh, it's it's good stuff. Have you seen the um, the sequel to A Christmas Story? So it's A Christmas Story two that came out maybe ten years ago. That one's really no. bad. I would put that one on the list. Yeah, you that is really bad. You, just, yeah. you can't do that. Like yeah. A Christmas Story is timeless. I was trying to remember, and and you guys, is there anything in A Christmas Story? that I would not want my kids to see, if you know what I mean. That one's kid-safe, right? I mean, he says fudge in the movie. No, I don't care about that. Okay. I don't care about language. I'm talking about uh, the magic of Christmas. Anything oh, that would mess with the no. magic of Christmas in that movie? No. Okay. I need to watch that one with my kids. You know, I didn't... What's funny about that movie, I did not see that movie until I was probably about... 27 or 8 years old. Really? And I know that will surprise but never even heard about it. Never even knew didn't even know what it was. My sister-in-law one year was like cuz it was her family tradition to watch that movie and I don't think anybody in my family had seen that movie. Like we just didn't even know like wasn't even on our radar huh. and we got together as like a large family and watched it and man we laughed forever at that. Like we were like what how did we miss this? And now I've seen it a billion times cuz it's great. If you look at pictures of me as a child, I know you said you looked like Kevin McAllister. I looked yeah. like Ralphie. I was Ralphie from That's a Christmas awesome. story. I had blonde hair and glasses and I mean I looked like Ralphie in the early 90s. There's just that movie is just so perfectly uh executed as what it's like to be a kid around Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just such a, like, timeless. It and doesn't you know, matter the generation. Kind of like you, I, it took me a while. I had never seen Christmas Vacation until I was probably oh. an adult. I was probably in oh, college. Oh, man. I mean, it was, and because it was, you know, it's kind of vulgar, and it's more of an adult <laughs> movie. Like, I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch it, you know, as a kid. And so it wasn't until, you know, I was a grown-up, and I'm like, what have I been missing out on this entire time? This is hilarious. Yeah, I need to go back and watch that. I've missed some of those classics. I haven't seen them in a while now with kids. Uh, so I, I got to get back to some of those. That That's up there, too. I say Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie. Vacation's up there. And I bet I haven't seen that in 10 years. But I would also I, put, it, if we're talking like worst Christmas movies, I think, and we talked about A Christmas Story too. anytime there's like, you know, a sequel, and, and I think Home Alone 2 is an exception because that's still really good, too. Awesome. But a lot of sequels are not good. Like, and it, that's just sure. in, that's just in general, but like the Santa Claus two, the Santa Claus three, I can do without. Give me the original. I, don't know that I ever even saw him. Yeah. Give me the original with Tim Allen. I don't. I don't need all the sequels. Um, yeah, I'm kind of that way too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Too. That's what. That's part of what makes Home Alone so cool is they did. They did get the sequel, and it's just as good. Like, but they're both equally good. I think both of both Home Alone and Home Alone two. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more that that register for me. I I don't think so. I think that's it. But yeah, the bad ones I just haven't seen them, and and so that's interesting. A Christmas Story. Another reason I love that. My brother absolutely got his mouth washed out with soap, and I remember <laughs> seeing that, and it just like that memory of that cracked me up. Like you know, like my parents just like just like Ralphie's parents. It's like money where your mouth is. Like we'll wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah, you use the language. They yep. absolutely did that, and I just laughed when I saw that. So there, uh, there's a list of like the top worst Christmas movies of all time. Um, Santa with muscles, the Hulk Hogan one is on that list. I, that just can't be that bad. I gotta there's see that one. Also, the Star Wars Holiday Special. That is on the list back I, in 1978. If you were going to consider that a movie, I would say that's probably the worst. But it 
It really wasn't. It was a, just a one-off TV special that was just a terrible idea. But I guess if that's a movie, that's, that's terrible. It's awful. And then uh, I, it looks like the other main one is, uh, what, Santa Claus versus the Martians? Is that, or, or Battles of the Martians? I, Whatever the name of that one I, is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've I, seen I it. See that one. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the worst. It's, it's, it's very, very bad. But there's comic value in watching it because it is that bad. Are you guys big fans of like the old school claymation movies, the Rudolph and Frosty yeah. and all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay, My kids love the I'm okay with that. I don't. I don't know. I'm never really been a huge. Yeah, I'm. Fan. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Tommy. Never really was a big fan of that. They're, they're just tradition. They're like I. I don't like. I'm not gonna sit there and like find the time. But you know, like the kids love them and they're fun and sweet and. I mean, they're. They're the they're the most classic of the classics. Listen, I gotta tell you guys, I'm watching a, a and it's muted Santa with muscles trailer right now, and I think this is gonna be great. It's gonna be better than Jingle All the Way. Like if we're talking about cheese, like the absolute cheese factor, this looks like it's gonna be fantastic. Uh, the Hulkster taking on some bad guys dressed up as Santa Claus with missile launchers and other things. Like no context needed. I actually like, like I actually like Jingle All the Way. I know a lot of people don't. It shows up on lists. A lot of, of bad... people do. A lot of people like do. It. We watched it because I it like, showed up on I that like list. I like Sinbad. Of... I've always been a Sinbad fan, and of course, Phil Hartman's in the movie. The late great Phil Hartman. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? I love all three of those people. I love I love Arnold and Sinbad and Phil Hartman. But I did not think that movie was very good. It like it was all over the place. It didn't really like. Like I again, if we're talking about that, like Santa with muscles, isn't going to be an assignment for me. This looks like it's going to be fantastic. I like it. Uh, I mean, Hulk with the pythons, seriously, like blowing up Humvees. Like, what? What are we missing here? What more do you need for the holiday season than Hulk Hogan right. blowing up? Humvees? Mila Kunis is in it. Apparently, must she, have been very oh, young. I didn't know that. Um. Must have been a, one of her first gigs. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I know. I don't. I don't. I don't think there is. There's an actor named Garrett Morris that's in it that I certainly recognize. Oh, he was. He was in uh, on SNL back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was. That's where I recognized him from. Yeah, yeah he's in it. Um, yeah. So we'll, we're going to check that out. I don't believe the list on that one. Uh, all right. Jason throws in Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. That did make it on a lot of the lists. Um, I don't know that I saw that one. Generally, I like Vince Vaughn a lot. It looked like it looked like they tried to get him into a lot of Christmas movies. He's in like two or three of these bad list ones. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We've got Enrique on there. Uh, he says it's a good Christmas movie nobody talks about. What's up, Enrique? Welcome to Sports Daily. Dude, I checked it out last year. And, you know, I'm like you. Home Alone and Home Alone 2 are my favorite Christmas movies. But Fat Man with Mel Gibson is right up in my top Fat five man? as of last year. Fat Man uh, with Mel Gibson. And there's a lot of other actors in there that I don't know their name, you know, by heart. But, man, uh, a lot of talent in that movie. And, it's, it, you know, it caught me off guard. I was kind of, like, ready to switch it off. I oh, I remember it, seeing previews for this. I remember seeing previews for this. Yeah. It's got uh, lots of action in there, a lot of a lot of kid and adult humor. It's uh 
I'm so, I'm just surprised that more people don't talk about it. Man. You know, so this one, I, I think this one, if I remember it right, like this was kind of Walton Goggins is in this movie. I love Walton who's Goggins. Who's Boyd yeah, Crowder and incredible. A treat. And so I, yeah, I think this great. this movie feels like, if I remember it right, was sort of created out of the Die Hard is a Christmas movie conversation, right? They just took like some extreme version of a wild and crazy action movie themed around Christmas or something. Yeah, I got to check mm-hmm. that out. I wonder if that I wonder if that streams anywhere. Uh, I'll, I'll the find that. The main villain of that movie is like a spoiled little kid, and I don't think they could have cast that actor any uh, an actor for that role any better, man. It's just yeah, man. It's <laughs> I see the kid now. I've seen him in other stuff. Right yeah, I've seen him in that He's kid in a... other stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> That kid is a little piece of work when it comes to, you know, the roles that he takes on as an actor. But, yeah, man. So, yeah, I just want to throw that in there, man, because literally nobody ever talks about that one. And I feel like it's definitely a top five. Yeah. Okay. look, if Boyd Crowder's in it, I'm in. I'm going to check that one out at some point. I got Tommy. Hold me to that. Don't let me forget about Fat Man, because that does look like that's probably pretty entertaining. Chances are, if you got at least three things you stream from, you'll find it for free. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not going to pay for it. It's got to be there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Just a Merry Christmas. Thanks, man. Thanks, Enrique. Here's Appreciate another. It. Here's so, another good. Uh, another good option uh, that that I. You remember the movie "I'll Be Home for Christmas"? Jonathan Taylor Thomas is in it from I, the I, '90s. I do, I do, but I don't know if I saw it. That's not a great I, I one. That's one it. I remember watching when I was younger, and I thought that yeah, that one's not very good. Um, Deck the halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito where they play rival dads that are trying to decorate their houses the best way. Um, that one's not good either. Like, those ones make lists also. And then we can't forget about the all-time goat of bad movies, but they're like they're so bad they're actually good. Ernest Saves Christmas. We can't forget Easy. about that one. Easy with your Ernest slander. I um, love Ernest. I'm not sure that, I'll, so I'm bad, not sure that I'll have it. It's so bad that they're good. I... I yeah, I agree. That's like the whole Kogan movie. Like, like it's going to be so bad that it's good. I just thought with Jingle All the Way or whichever one it was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. it wasn't so bad that it was good. It was so bad that it was kind of bad. Well, here's the problem with Jingle All the Way is that it's a fairly traditional story, you know, of going shopping and trying to find a gift or whatever. Yeah. And then it goes completely off the rails the last 20 minutes of the movie where Schwarzenegger's yeah. flying around and, you know, it's like in like Sinbad's trying to kill the kid to get the toy. Like it gets really amped up really quickly at the very end. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Right? Like just make make Sinbad a sinister character right. all the way through, right? Yeah. But yeah, I like Sinbad and I like Schwarzenegger and I like, I love Phil Hartman, but I just, that, that movie missed for me. All right. Well, if I can, uh, if I'll, I can make one more ahead, pitch for, yeah. for Santa's sleigh being the worst, <laughs> I've got a quote Santa's from the movie sleigh. here. Okay. Okay. Uh, One of our heroes says, the clock just struck midnight at the pole. Christmas is officially over for you, Santa. And Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus says, you know, most people make that mistake. The correct time at the pole is completely discretionary because the poles are where all time zones actually actually converge. Oh, Lord. Listen. Imagine um, Bill Goldberg delivering that. I, I am a pro wrestling fan. You guys know that. I think Bill Goldberg was an awesome character, but his skill set was not with a microphone in his hand. Like I, you did, you had me at Bill Goldberg. Like he, 
he and Hulk Hogan are not the same in that way, Jad. So I'm with you there. There is a uh, there's a movie that uh, goes all the way back to 1959 that is simply titled Santa Claus, and the plot of the movie is uh, Santa has to save Earth from Satan. That's oh. that's the whole plot of the movie back in 1959. Uh, it's a fantasy film. Santa Claus works in outer space and battles with a demon named Pitch sent to Earth by Lucifer to ruin Christmas by killing Santa. Well, that doesn't sound very nice of Lucifer. That's um, that's probably not one I'm going to check out. Listen, I'm not. A, I hate horror movies. I think I've said that. Like, so I I don't want to see in most of that anyway. Like, I don't I don't need any of that. Like. Can we can we stop with trying to make like Christmas movies scary? Like, why do we need to do that? Like, just just get out of here with all that. I don't. Okay, need that. Santa's like, sleigh you... may not be gory, but it certainly isn't scary. It's it's very well, much okay. more funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the gore that I don't like. Like, if it's you know whatever, if it's a play on it, like Bad Santa, I have no problem with. Man, I've, I need to go watch Bad. I don't think I think I've seen that like one time. It's and that's really good. It. It's really good. Yeah, I love Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, speaking of Billy Bob, man, we are off the rails here. Are you guys watching the new season of Fargo? No, I'm not. Doesn't have Billy Bob Thornton was in the original season. That show is so good. That show is so good. And the new season's a lot of fun. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's give away some Turnpike Troubadour tickets, shall we? Our final pair. Thanks, everybody, for uh, being festive with us here. Uh, one more pair to go. They're coming with Trampled by Turtles and the Red Clay Strays at Intrust Bank Arena on May 3rd. That's a 7 o'clock show. And you can get a pair of tickets. Go on us here at Sports Daily by being the first caller right now on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Uh, It's got some regional appeal, Tommy, but how about Drew Locke? And his game last night afterward, clearly emotional, getting that kind of win. You forget about Drew Locke. He had some prospects, and people sort of wondered about his pro prospects, and he's been with Geno Smith and behind him. But he had a really good game last night, efficient, got it done. That was pretty cool to see him come through that way. Yeah, you know, in a world where there are a lot of backup quarterbacks out there that have gotten action this season, I mean, I think that, you know, the Seahawks have to feel pretty good that the guy that they've got behind Geno Smith is Drew Locke. Not that he's incredible, not that he's going to be, you know, this superstar or anything, but he's viable, you know, and he's competent, and he did what needed to be done. That throw that he made to JSN to win the game, he put that ball the only place that it could possibly go for it to be successful, and it was. So hats off to him. I loved his post-game interview with Lisa Salters. Uh, That was good to see. I I was happy for the guy. Yeah, it's it it is always good to see that stuff. I don't know if he has any like, you know, future as a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. It, I, no, I was I reminded though. A lot of teams would like to have him as a backup for sure. Absolutely. Well, Seattle would, and and you know, it sort of reminded me last night of uh, Pete Carroll does an incredible job there. And worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Like, I, I just, I got, Pete Carroll was an enemy, you know, in his time at USC, and I was a Notre Dame fan, and then the game against it. Like, I did not like Pete Carroll. I didn't like USC at all. And then he goes to Seattle. I don't love or hate Seattle. Don't really, you know, I'm sort of indifferent. I, I like them, I think, in general. And they just are consistently good. Like, they, they're always in the mix. And, you know, we brought up our list. Not not really a list. When we were talking about coaches we'd start with. And I know Pete Carroll's old, man. But it, you talk about, like, like, it just doesn't matter. Like, his teams are always in the mix. They always feel like they win games that they shouldn't. Remember before last season, they were supposed to be the worst team in football. And then Gino comes in and all of a sudden well, they're Drew actually was pretty good. To be the and... starter, right? Like that was part of the trade yeah. with Russell Wilson yeah. going to Denver. Drew Locke was supposed to come in and start for the Seahawks. And I mean, you know, you mentioned Pete Carroll being old. He is, but he's got more energy than probably three fourths of the coaches in the NFL right now. I mean, the guy just has so much energy on the sideline. Um, I'm not a big fan, honestly. I don't, I've never really liked Pete Carroll, never really liked the Seahawks, but what he's done with them is pretty impressive. It's crazy. And they were missing like two key pieces out of their secondary last night against that pass game, and they still got it done. There's underrated, I, I guess, is the thing when we talk about, you know, great coaches and the thing underrated for sure with Pete Carroll. And who knows how long he'll do this. Gino's been fine, but they've got some really interesting weapons. And, you know, if they were ever able to land somehow like a, a top tier elite level, or maybe Gino and Drew Locker enough if they can continue to yeah. build up the defense. I don't know. Like, it's it, they're an interesting team. By the way, this is completely off topic, but I want to get this in before we take our final break. I watched yesterday afternoon the very first bowl game of bowl season, yeah. Old Dominion and Western Kentucky. In the famous Toastery Bowl, I don't know if anybody, I might have been the only one on the planet watching this game, uh, but it was remarkable. Old Dominion got out to a 28-0 lead. Western Kentucky came back, tied the game, forced overtime. Then they won on a field goal, Western Kentucky did. It was like the fourth largest comeback in bowl history or something like that. On a Monday afternoon, a bowl that I never heard of with two teams I don't care about, and it was incredible. Yeah, uh, I can't do it. I don't care. I, I can't. I cannot watch things that don't have any meaning. And I know it means something to the kids, but it doesn't mean anything to the rest of us. I'm glad that game was awesome, and I'm glad people love bowl season. I'm, I never want bowl season to go away. What else are I you going like to do at one thirty on a Monday afternoon? I mean, I didn't like watch work. and like keep stats. I had it on in the background as work. I was working. Not like I'm, yeah. like, tuned into it, locked in. I got work to anything, do, too, but, man. Anything else? Like, I, I, and I, we have, it was on in the background, too, but I wasn't, like, looking up at it. I, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, uh, 
listening to the panhandlers to try and figure out if I'm going to go out to see them play at the, like, I don't know. Like, I the just famous wasn't... toastery bowl. I love that. Famous toastery. Yeah. Uh, infamous now, because uh, it'll, you know, and, and the, the appropriate level of humor afterward was there. Again, I think bowl season's great. I think it's fun for your team when they make it and all those things. I just like, I can't help wish for this 12-team playoff with college football. Like, I just can't wait for it to Well, it's here. great, but, you know, Old Dominion and Western Kentucky are not getting into the 12-team playoff. They're going to so continue in the they're gonna they're keep gonna playing, continue in the yeah, Tostada Bowl. On or a mon- Monday afternoon at 1.30. I know. That's, what, that's what's beautiful about bowl season. People can bet. I can't even bet it. I can't even make myself bet them. Uh, I will. I, even the big games, you know, outside of the CFP, those four games, those two, two games, I, I guess, I can't even bet them because I don't even know, like, are these teams, do they care about this? Like, is their quarterback there? Like, how many play? I can't, I can't do it. It's too hard to try to bet. Like, so for me, it lo- now with all the players deciding not to play in them, I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, I can go to our friends at BetQL and see what they think, I guess, but I, I, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Kind of risky, Sorry. I think, to, to try to bet a bowl game. Yeah, it is. It not not the the CFP games are a little bit different. Eight six nine twelve forty, the IHOP hotline. That'll be good for you tomorrow as well. Appreciate uh, all our listeners and Kayleen who wins that final pair of Turnpike Troubadour tickets. Way to go, Kayleen! Enjoy the show on us. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network today when we return. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.